0: I'm Scott Hervey with Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin. March Madness marketing has returned, but with a new twist. This is the first year that the NCAA basketball tournament will also feature independently arranged marketing deals between players and companies. We'll talk about how that impacts the NCAA's enforcement efforts on this installment of the briefing by the IP Law Blog.
1: Every year, the NCAA college basketball tournament brings about a number of NCAA-sponsored ads. The draw is the popularity of the tournament, of course. So when something is that popular, everybody wants in, with or without a license.
0: I think that sums it up pretty well, Scott. Every year, the tournament requires the NCAA to engage in significant trademark enforcement action with respect to its many related marks, such as March Madness, Selection Sunday, Sweet 16, Elite Eight, and of course, the Final Four. As you can imagine, much like the NFL Super Bowl, it isn't cheap to partner with the NCAA's March Madness tournament. Of course, the NCAA understands that when its partners pay top dollar to partner with the NCAA during the tournament, they expect exclusivity. To that end, the NCAA
1: engages in significant policing of its intellectual property. And I believe we have previously discussed just how aggressive the NCAA can get in its enforcement efforts at times, arguably, going beyond the scope of their rights to forcing smaller companies in the submission. Of course, there's a new wrinkle in the advertising this year, and Josh, I think you have some personal experience with this? I do. The new wrinkle Scott's talking about is the NCAA's
0: rule change that was made effective July 1st, 2021, which allows an NCAA athlete to profit from his or her name, image, and likeness, colloquially referred to as their NIL. This is the first NCAA basketball tournament to take place since the rule change. As you know, Scott, I've had experience with this as both a sports and intellectual property attorney, as well as as an agent. So I'd say I have an interesting perspective on this.
1: I'd say you do. So presumably some of these college athletes that are playing in the tournaments have received some marketing opportunities that they wouldn't have received in the past. But as we all know, just because a company enters into an agreement with a player, it doesn't mean that the company has the right to use the school's intellectual property uh, or the NCAA's intellectual property for that matter either. And we know that the NCAA would be all over a company if they did. What do you think, Josh? Do you think that some of the companies will attempt to use the NCAA's marks in their advertisements without getting permission?
0: From what I've seen, it really just depends on the sophistication and reputation of the company entering into the deal with an individual player. Of course, the bigger and more sophisticated companies have been down roads similar to these before with professional athletes, and they know better than to just use the NCAA or whatever the governing body is Uh, their intellectual property. So with that said, there are a number of smaller companies that I've personally seen do deals with players and then just use images of the players wearing their school uniforms with university and NCAA IP all over. It's a mixed bag, really. So the NCAA would be wise to be vigilant, and I'm sure they will be. After all, this is one of those times when the IP attorneys for the NCAA really earn their keep.
1: I have to say I agree with you. But I suppose there could be some situations where we could see the players and the NCAA brands in the same ad legally too. For example, let's say UCLA Johnny's Juzang partners with at and which is already one of the tournament's top sponsors. In theory, the advertisement could include an NCAA branding, Mr. Juzang's uh, name and likeness, since at and could potentially have the requisite license from both parties. So with that said, just because. Because you see NCAA branding and a player in an advertisement, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be infringement. Uh, But it very well could be, uh, but it also may not be. That's right. But we can say with absolute certainty that the NCAA's
0: attorneys will have extra work on their hands this year with players able to license their own NIL. Of course, the NCAA gets a lot of support from its sponsors and the schools in policing the infringing conduct.
1: That's true, Josh. Uh, I'd say they're quite effective, and I suspect they'll have this year's tournament covered well. Thanks for sharing, Josh. This was really interesting. Thanks, Scott. I hope you enjoyed this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to our YouTube channel. And if you're interested in more content, please check out our back episodes and visit us at IPLoblog.com.